Our text for this, the Nativity of Our Lord, Christmas Eve, is taken from the Gospel lesson with special emphasis on the following words. Unto you is born this day in the town of David, the Savior, who is Christ the Lord. This is our text. You may be seated. Dear brothers and sisters of our Lord Jesus Christ, has this ever happened to you? You open a gift and find that the giver has accidentally left the receipt in the package. Not a gift receipt with the price hidden, mind you, but the real thing. You see what they paid for your gift, and maybe you're a little disappointed on how little they spent on you. Or the opposite, you're surprised on how much they spent on you, how much they thought you were worth. And that's a little embarrassing if you don't think that anyone should spend that much money on you. Tonight, tonight we hear again how much God loves you, how much he's willing to give you, to, to pay that you would receive all of the benefits of heaven. That's what we hear tonight. And it's no disappointment, no little price that he paid. As creator of not only the world, but the universe, and all there is, all that exists, he could have given any and all of that to you. Could have done it. But that wasn't enough. What is there that is greater than all of that? Greater than all that exists? Well, there's only one thing. God himself. God went into his innermost being, into who he is as God, and took what was near, nearest and dearest to him, his son, and gave him as the price for you and me. He gave him up to redeem us from the bondage of sin and death so that we could have peace, real peace, peace with God and one another through the forgiveness of sins. Peace in, in heart and in mind, the peace of knowing that, as the Apostle Paul tells us, that neither life nor death, neither angels nor demons nor any powers, neither height nor depth nor anything else in all creation, that nothing will be able to separate you from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing. That's what the angels announced to the shepherds when they said, Do not be afraid. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Or in other words, the Lord. The Lord who created all things. Remember, God said it was so and it was good. That was the Lord's doing. He's the Word. 
In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Through Him all things are made. That Lord who created all things, the Lord who called Abraham, the Lord who appeared to Moses in the burning bush, the Lord who rescued His people from slavery in Egypt, the Lord who led His people through the wilderness and into the promised land, that Lord, that Lord is the one now lying in a manger in the flesh. Because he is there, glory to God on high and peace on earth to men. For this baby is going to grow up and then do something even more surprising than lying in a manger. He's going to hang from a cross. He's going to die rise from the dead with witnesses and ascend into heaven, not to leave us, but to fill all things in heaven and on earth, to be with us, even right here, and even right now, as he promised. As he promised. The prophet Isaiah said, the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. We have, right? A great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them has light shine. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be on his shoulder. His is a reign of love and forgiveness. His is a rule and reign to bring light and life to every human being, to all his creation, past, present, and future. Jesus is Lord. It means he's God. He's Lord. He's the king. But he comes not to be served, but to serve to bring light and life to every tribe, nation, and people lost in, in the confusion of their sin to you. And to bring light and life to all those held captive by the tyranny of death at the hands of the evil one. As we learned in Advent, Jesus has been there all along. Not only did he create us, when we messed that all up, when we messed up his entire creation and, and messed ourselves up too, he didn't say, I'm going to start over. Already in Genesis, Genesis 3.15, there's the promise that he's going to make it all right. And that's what he has come to do throughout history. And I want you to think about specifically, and we talked about this in Advent, where you weren't there, I'll refresh your memory if you were there, and I'll, I'll let you know if you weren't. Do you remember Moses, that he came upon this bush that was burning and wasn't consumed, and he gets a little closer and he looks, and, and he hears God himself say, take off your sandals, this is holy ground, God was there in the fire of the bush, and what was mysterious, weird, is the bush was on fire, but it wasn't consumed by the fire. 
That was the second person of the Holy Trinity, the pre-incarnate Christ there, because only in Christ is God for us. Otherwise, the bush and him and everything else would be con consumed. Jesus comes to save. And you remember, he announces to Moses that he's going to set his people free from Egypt. He was, he was active there, with the Old Testament people of God in history. And remember, Moses says, well, okay, who should I say, you know, told me all this? Well, tell him I am sent you. <laughs> I am. God just is. Always was, is, and always will be. And later on, what does he say? I am the light of the world. He says, I am the vine. You are the branches. And think about that. You're the branches that aren't consumed because you're connected to the vine Jesus. He connected you through your baptism into Christ so that you become fire retardant, if you will. And the prophet Isaiah even talks about this, about the Lord coming to do this, to connect you to him so that you can make it through the fires and, and difficulties and, and horrors of this life and death into life eternal. He says, fear not. He quotes God, by, and God says, fear not, for I've redeemed you, I've called you by name, you're mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. They will not sweep over you. When you pass through the fires, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze, for I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel. He gets burned with the wrath of God, with the fires of hell on the cross, and overcomes all of that, trusting the will of the Father that this is going to make everything right with all that He created, and He makes it through ultimately, right? He's God. So that the fires we go through do not consume us. They purify us. They purify us. The Lord is gracious and compassionate, right? Slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. That's who he is. That's what he does. He takes care of his people, past, present, and future. And then you remember how God and Christ tabernacled among them in that Old Testament? Remember how they were led by a pillar of cloud by day? Huh, that's how Jesus ascended into heaven, right? And that's how he's going to come back again? Oh, and a fire by night? He was in the tabernacle, in the tent. It was a tent that he journeyed with them in. The tent. Huh. There's a little tent right over here. Covering the mystery of God in the bread and wine. When Jesus says, this is my body, this is my blood, he says what he does and does what he says. He's with us. The word is still made flesh today. God is with you in the flesh. He's Emmanuel. Oh, and you say... How can that be? How can that be, really? He's God. Uh, nothing is impossible with God. He says it, it happens. Let there be light. 
just checking if you're here, and not apparently not everybody. He said, let there be light, and there was? Yes. He says, this is my body, this is my blood, that is what it is. Under the tent, under the mystery of his words that give and bestow what they say. And when we celebrate this, we proclaim his death until he comes again in glory. That's what we proclaim here, that he died. That's the price he paid. He died. Now, maybe you think God overpaid. Maybe you think that. If not for you, then certainly for that irritating per person who lives next door to you or bothers you at work or cuts you off at, in traffic or drives you crazy at school, or especially the person who commits crimes or has done things so horrible we can't even speak about them in hurting other people. You think they're not worth that much, don't you? But God thinks they are. Every last one of us, no matter what we've done or left undone. So maybe that can help us look at others a little differently, right? You think? Knowing how much God thinks they're worth, everyone, maybe we can start thinking like he does renouncing ungodliness and worldly passions and loving others with his love for us in Christ. You see, that love is the gift that keeps on giving. He gives it to you. It doesn't stop with you. He, he, he joins you in the giving. His love has its way with you in loving others, even those who hurt you, even your enemies even those who might want to cancel you or maybe already have. Love them with the love of God in Jesus Christ. That's why we come every Lord's Day. We tap into this love. We tap into this grace. We tap into this mercy. It has its way with us. It, it has its way with God's people. I've been at this for a long time, and I see it all the time. People behind the scenes just caring for others no matter who they are, no matter what they've done, no matter what they're struggling with, that's what God gives us to do. They're worth it to him. And to the people think, who think that maybe you're not worth it, right? That you're not worth that much. They're wrong too. And the manger proves it. The manger proves it. Your value your worth, your self-esteem are not in what you do, not in your accomplishments, the name you make for yourself, how high you climb the ladder, or how popular or admired you are. That's not what tells you what you're worth. Listen carefully. Long before you were even born, God knew you and thought you, that's right, you, thought you worth the life of his son. That's the receipt you get tonight when you see the babe lying in a manger. So what do you think? That to us, a child is born. To us, a child is given. 
That's a great light that helps us who walk in the deep darkness of the world to see things differently, isn't it? I mean, what do you think of when you see God's Son in a manger? When you hear God's words spoken by the angels, the receipt that leads you to the astounding realization of, of just how much he really loves you and cares for you, all of you. What do you think? Well, I don't know what you think. I know this because he tells us God doesn't think that he overpaid. <laughs> God doesn't think that he overpaid. While Christmas might please you, it pleases him even more. That great joy the angels announced is God's joy. Joy he gives to the world. Joy he gives to you. He wants you to know how much he paid for you. Did you hear that? With his gift, he, he really wants you to know how much he paid for you. How much he thinks about you. How much he cares for you. He wants you to know that. He wants you to know this. You're absolutely everything to him. Everything. That says it all. Everything. And really it's his way of saying, Merry Christmas. And it is a Merry Christmas for you, for me, and for all the world, no matter what you're struggling with. Because he has promised to be with you, to save you, to ultimately carry you through death and right on into the glory of God to live with angels, archangels, and all the company of heaven and the life that he created and redeemed us to be. Merry Christmas. Amen. Now may the peace of God that surpasses all understanding guard our hearts and our lives in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Amen.